you have your Bibles this morning, I just have one verse, but in, well, I have one verse here, I have several others, but uh, uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, if you go ahead and turn to that passage, Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. But as we turn to that passage of Scripture this morning, the title of the message is Go Forward. I know, just like we sang about, sometimes we feel like life goes on and on and on and on. And sometimes we even feel like we're on a merry-go-round and we're just saying, Lord, let me get off this thing without hurting myself. Remember those days? Uh, And uh, getting off. Uh, But then when we think about going forward, it is a very difficult thing. But in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, the verse simply says, The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. Now, in that simple verse, what is taking place is that Moses, God had ordained, God had sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses began working, even though it was reluctantly, even though Moses gave a bunch of excuses, God had a plan. And this morning, I don't want you to forget that God has a plan for each one of us. Now, I know at times we feel like, well, preacher, I've got off the rails. But God has a plan. And this morning, as we think about that, God was using in this moment, in this moment of time, he was using Moses to deliver and to show the people of Israel the direction they needed to go. Well, you know the story about the plagues and all those things, trying to convince Pharaoh to let the, the children of Israel to go, and, and, and Herod, Herod, Pharaoh did not want to, and finally, finally, Pharaoh said, go. Take the Israelites, get out of Egypt, we're done, we're tired, go. Well, as the children of Israel left, Pharaoh changed his mind. And he realized what he had done. Their entire workforce now was gone. All the people that they had doing all the things in in their life were now gone. And he said, no. And so he had sent some 600 chariots. You just imagine that. 600 chariots after the children of Israel. Well, where were the children of Israel? The children of Israel were at a point in their life where they were at a crossroads. They were at a great sea. And then they heard the rumbling of the 600 chariots, and there they were in front of that water. And Moses began to cry out, Lord, this great army is fast approaching us, and here we are trapped between this great sea and these men. And what did the Lord say to Moses? Why are you crying out to me? Tell Israel to break camp. In other words, go forward. Have you ever felt like you hear that, go forward, but you say, go forward, where? Lord, to go forward means I'm facing something new. Lord, to go forward, it means that I'm facing something I've never faced before. Lord, going forward means 
I'm no longer in familiar territory. Now I am in something where I have to rely upon you. Wow. You see, the Lord knew exactly what they needed to do. He said, stop crying about it. Break camp and move forward. Now, we all, I mean, at times, it's kind of like, Lord, I, I've done this, and, and Lord, I've done that. And, but we need to remember God has a plan. And, and, and God was fulfilling that plan and using that plan. And God is our source. Now, you might not be aware of this because I really haven't publicized it, but the second Sunday in February, we usually celebrate our church anniversary. I just didn't publicize it this year, really at all. But today marks 108 years that this church has been founded. 108. Now, just think of what the walls, not just these walls, but the walls of this church could say. (laughs) If they could speak, there's been times where the church has met and times where things were discussed and sometimes even moments when the church says, well, there's just no way that we can move forward at this time. When I go to a new church, which I've only, this is only my third church, one of the things I like to do is read past minutes of the church. Just kind of get a feel for what the church has been through and, and, and the issues that had come up in its past. And I'm, I'm not here today to, to go through all uh, our issues. Uh, every church has issues, right? Every church. Uh, there's not a church alive today that doesn't have issues. But I am remembered, I I do remember back to 2008. In 2008, some of you will remember that year is the year that the economy tanked. And not just a little, big time. People lost their homes. People lost their jobs. It was rough. But what was happening in the life of this church? We were building a million-dollar building. And I know that there were some who said, no, we can't go forward, we can't go forward. But we firmly felt that God was saying, go forward. Because we knew, even building a building in a good time, that there was no way that we would be able to do it, that it was going to be a God thing. And we knew no greater way than, quote, taking on a project in the middle of a downturn because we knew that only God could do it. Now, in that time since 2008, when we started paying our note of $13,000 a month, we had graciously collected monies and we were able to pay on that and But here's a miraculous thing. Since 2008, or really 2009, when we started paying the note of $13,000 a month, and we're still doing that, that we've never been late 
And we've always, God has provided the money to do that. That has been a commitment of going forward. And we're still going forward. I know people at the time said, well, why are you building that building? And, and, and we knew we needed the space, but if you would just come any day of the week, You'll see about 80, 70, 80 kids utilizing that building. Yeah, sometimes they're chasing the lizards down the sidewalk. And they still haven't learned to put a bubble in their mouth when they're walking. And they still haven't learned to keep their hands. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just kids. But they're learning. And they call Mr. Preston, Mr. Preston. They call me Mr. Preston. I don't care. They'll talk to you at lunchtime. They'll talk to anybody at lunchtime. But also during a given week, you'll come here and you'll see 30, 40, 50 men from St. Matt's using the other part of that building, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in classes, learning, being taught. During the week, you'll find other things going on now the, the trail life group and RAs and GAs and all these different things. And we can do that because we went forward. You see, God was telling the children of Israel the importance of going forward. I, I firmly believe that God draws up plans and, and, you know, and, and has drawn up a plan for his children. And, and, and as he does that, and as we see, even with the children of Israel, he drew up a plan for them. And, 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 and here Moses was crying out, and, and God was saying, Moses, stop crying and break camp and move forward. I will provide this church in our 108 years. We have seen how God has provided, not just because of our building. He has provided in our lives. Amen. He has provided. I, I remember the years when we began taking mission trips and we would start working the figures and we saw that we needed forty dollars and $50,000 to take these groups off. And, and we also knew we were paying on a, on a building of 13000 a month and we needed forty fifty thousand, dollars and, and we had our budget responsibilities. Guess what the Lord did? Every penny that we needed was there. What about your life? Do we draw upon the plan that God has for our life? Turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. As we look at that passage of Scripture in Philippians, we find where Paul and Timothy... As they wrote this book, what it said, look what it says. It says, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you. That's an amen right there, right? And to work according to his good purpose. You see, God has a purpose. God has a plan. 
God has a plan for you. I know sometimes you think, preacher, there's just no way that God can use me. I can show you over and over and over again. The people that God used, and many people even said, I can't believe God used that person. God can use you, and God has a plan for you. And we need to see that as we look at it, for it is God who is working in you. You might not think sometimes, but God is working. And he wants to work in you. You're the only one that can, quote, stop him in the the sense of just putting up the walls and say, God, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. But God wants to work in you. And he wants to work according to his good purpose. You know, there, there, there are times, have you ever said, does God amaze you? <laughs> Amen, right? There, there, there's been times that I could only say, God, you did that. Now, we were, we were talking in the back before services, some of us, about how, uh, you know, these theories of how the government's listening in to us, you know, through, through phones and other things. And if you enter one word on any of your internet things, all of a sudden you get all these ads pop up about that, whatever you inquired about. But let me tell you, God's amazing, isn't he? And what God can do. I've seen God put things together, and I'd be walking along in my own little world, and i look and say, <laughs> I almost laugh. I mean, not, not at God, but just, God, how did you do that? Because I knew it was only him that could have done that situation. You see, he draws up the plan, and and we need to be willing to, to look at that. But then God also removes those things that sometimes stand in a way that we think we can't get around. You know, those those things that stand up in our life. Maybe, maybe it's something in the family. I, I could tell you stories of ladies and churches that I've been a part of that, man, their, their husbands just gave them fits for going to church. And they would come, but it was a battle the times that they came. Because their husbands would just not physically beat on them, but just beat on them for, for coming to church. Man, why are you going there? You're wasting your time. You, nothing good's going to come of that. And then I would see them, and I'm, I just I would see them later. Something would happen to their husbands, and and uh, well, a couple of them they died. And those ladies would come to church, and it was just like a burden lifted. Oh, I mean, it was like a different person. Now I, I know we can get in debate. Did God take them out? But let's let's make that a Sunday night sermon. Okay. But, you know, sometimes there's things standing in our way, and we don't know how we're going to get around them. And that's when we say, God, I need your help. There's this barrier. There's this, I don't know what to do, Lord. I'm trying to, to do the right thing. And, and, and even Joshua, with the children, say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do with these children of Israel, but, Lord, and, and, and in Joshua, chapter 4, verses 14 and 16, they were, they were trying to, again, 
carried the ark and, and, and do what they were supposed to do. And, 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 and again, it says, On the day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life, and they revered Moses. And the Lord said, Joshua, command the priests who carried the ark of the testimony to come forth or come from the Jordan. He was telling them how to do it, and he knew there would be those things standing in their way. But God still says, go forward. Another wonderful thing is to remember that God never fails. Didn't we talk about that this morning? God never fails to keep his promises. God made you. God has worked and is working in our life. And, and, and you think of the promises of God. He has not failed in the. God has never failed. But here's something else about our God, our Lord, our Savior. What he, well, let's put it this way. What he begins, he completes. He finishes. What he begins, he finishes. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, I am sure of this. That he who started a good work in you will what? Carry it on to completion until the days of Jesus Christ. We'll carry it on to completion. Deep up in my house, in, in my bed stand, or the stand, whatever you call that thing, next to the bed, <laughs> there's a bunch of books on it. Every once in a while, my wife makes me to clear it off. She said, Frank, they're about to fall on the floor. And, and she's true. I've got so many books piled up there. And, and unfortunately, I am very bad at starting a book. You don't have this problem, do you, Fidel? Starting a book and not finish it. When I sit down and read a book and, 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 and won't put it down and just finish the thing, she, she's just amazed. I'm amazed. And every once in a while, I've got to just say, okay, some of these books are lost causes. And, you know, I, I have to take them off my nightstand because they're, they're in the way. But, you know, when I think of God, when God starts something, he completes it. Now, you and I, are we a work of God? Amen. And aren't you glad that God is still working on us? And hadn't decided to put us up on the shelf and that well, this is a lost cause. Because he has every right to. But the work that he's done in us, God is still working. I've seen God do that in churches. Churches, uh, we know, can be difficult. And sometimes we feel like, man, God, give up on that lost cause. But I've seen God Continued to work in churches. Oh, it might be in a completely different way, but God did not give up. God completed his work. Oh, I can tell you stories, but I'm, we're not here to hear all those stories. But, but God wants us to do what? He wants us to go forward. And I think in the life of this church in 108 years, he, he wants us to go forward. I know sometimes people say, preacher, we do this and we do that and we do this. Can't we just rest? And I understand what rest means, but I also know that our tendency, if we rest 
too much, what happens? That I shall not be moved comes in. Because, preacher, I'm resting. And I don't want us resting for the next 108 years. He said, oh, I wouldn't rest that long, maybe 50. But you see, God wants us to go forward. Now, throughout the Bible, God had to work, and not had to, but God worked, and in, in we use the, 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 the term mysterious ways, right? King Saul. King Saul was one of those figures you go, what, what had happened? Well, God was using him until Saul decided to do things his way. And then God rejected him as king. And we find, as, as we read in 1 Samuel and some of those verses, what happened is that that Saul disobeyed God. And because of it, he lost his kingship and he was rejected by God. But God's plan continued and God called someone else. You see, we've got to be careful. Sometimes when we say, well, I'm going to rest now. We've got to be careful because if God is saying, move on, and we're resting, then we're rejecting what he's told us to do. Now, you ever read passages in the Old Testament and you scratch your head? You see, God had told Saul to invade these Amalekites. And he told him to destroy them completely. In other words, don't leave anything. Take out everybody. That meant kill Everybody. That's one of those scriptures we scratch our head. Does God want us, wanted them to kill everybody? He also told them to kill all the livestock. Well, Saul, as king, decided, well, I'm going to save the king. And we're not going to kill all the livestock. We're going to keep the good livestock for ourselves. You see what happens when we start saying, well, you know, God, that. That might be, but, you know, God, this will be a better plan because we'd have all that good lifestyle. But, you see, we've got to be careful when we start rejecting parts of God's plan. And in Saul's case, God says, okay, I reject you. Now, you think of that. But then you think of Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, as Isaiah heard the plea of God, We find where it says, go say to these people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. God knew that Isaiah was going to face a bunch of people who didn't want to listen, who didn't want to perceive, didn't want to do anything. But he said, I want you to present it to them. And that's what Isaiah did. And in other words, it would be like coming to church every Sunday and everybody sitting like this. And the preacher's preaching, and there's no movement, there's no excitement. It was like, that was a waste of time. But Isaiah knew that God had called him to do it, and he moved. And then what about Jeremiah? Jeremiah, again, was like Moses. Jeremiah, when he was called, said, Lord, I can't do this, I can't do this. Lord, find someone else. But then the Lord said to Jeremiah, do not say... I'm only a youth. For you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. In other words, he said, Jeremiah, I don't want to hear all this other. I want you to go where I tell you. 
you know, churches today, sometimes we, and we do this. I'm guilty. Churches, we're guilty of this. Sometimes we think we have certain options. But the go option is not an option. It's a mandate. God said, go into this world. Go forward into this world. There are still millions of people, even in our own state, that have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Even the prophet we don't talk much about, but even Amos. Amos, it says, And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Go, he said. I know, a lot of times we say, Well, Lord, I'll go when I get older. Lord, I'll go when I get married. Lord, I'll go when, when, when. But are we? Going forward. You know, the Lord has given it to us. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go. Go forward. This morning, we've got to go. We've got to go to our Jerusalem, to our areas where the Lord has told us to go. You see, each one of you have inroads. Each one of you have areas that the Lord is telling you to go, but, oh, Lord, I I don't have time for that. And that's where we become disobedient. We need to be careful that we're not retreating from God and trying to establish social clubs instead of churches of Jesus Christ. Where do you go? Now, I can't say that in our 108 years, our church has been obedient in all things. But we have seen in the last several years what the Lord has done, is doing, and will do if we continue to go for him. And sometimes that going is into areas that that we don't understand. Because all we see, like the children of Israel, is a great body of water and say, Lord, do you want us to go in there? But he's showing us if we go, he provides. Amen? He provides. And I hope this morning that that we would see the importance of, of going forward for the Lord. The new trail life group that we have is a new way of reaching men and boys Keep going. Other things that come up, keep going. Because if we just stop and camp out, (laughs) we're not going anymore. We're just start focusing on the camp. And when we focus on the camp, we're saying, well, you know, it's getting kind of rough in this camp. Maybe we need to build some walls. And then we have to have proper lighting. And this camp's in Florida. We've got to have air conditioning. And you, know, and, and, you know, we need this. And we're focused on the camp so much that we're forgetting what's on the outside. The state of Florida literally has millions of people who do not know Jesus Christ. We must go forward.
Let's pray. Let's Christian Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of moving forward for you, not just for the sake of being going forward, but Lord, forward in your name, forward in carrying the word and ministries of this church. Lord, I just pray today that we would see the importance of being a church that goes forward. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen.